1: Good morning. This is Ursula Odom. I am your host for NAVWIC Talks this morning and actually co-host for the show because Jada Williams is en route to the National Conference for NAVWIC. And so teamwork makes the dream work. And I'm sitting in for her this morning and delighted to do so because I have a wonderful guest this morning, Miss Rosa Roundtree. And we're not going to delay. We're going to get into this conversation and find out what her Journey has been like. So, who is she? Rosa Roundtree's vast experience in the financial and customer service industry spans over 30 years while holding the positions of CEO, general manager, IT, and project manager for various entities. Specifically, Rosa has more than 25 years of solid experience in tolling systems implementation, operations, and maintenance and much much more but I'm going to let her tell you about that as well good morning Miss Roundtree how are you hello good morning I'm sorry good morning how are you I'm doing good Miss Odom how are you today I'm just wonderful, looking forward to hearing about your experience. I have to tell you right up front, I I have a little entry into it because I spent 20 years in IT as well in systems implementation and training. So I'm excited about hearing your what you have to say about your experience. Oh,
2: thank you. Um, I think most of us in our lives have experienced some of
1: IT, even if it's just <laughs>
2: nowadays with being at home on, Working from home, we've learned a little bit of IT along the way.
1: Right, right. So tell us, um, in terms of your background, how did you come to do what you do?
2: So I think my background is pretty interesting because I started, as most of us do when we get married and we have children, I started as a housewife. And I got my first job after staying home to raise our kids. I actually started as a temporary person looking at accounting. Uh, I went into Orlando Orange County Expressway Authority, and they were getting ready to start a new tolling system, and they just needed someone to do the accounting for it, like to look at all the pieces, the financial transactions. And I have to tell you, uh, Ms. Odom, I got my job, and he said, give me something about your background. And I said, you know, I... I was a stay-at-home mom, but I skied the apps, and I managed the PTO, and I managed my my children's schooling. And so it was an interesting dialogue. I had the education, but the experience wasn't there, and they gave me a chance. And that chance gave me an opportunity to start at Orlando Orange County as their operations manager and implementing the first ETC system, so EPass system uh, in the United States. At the time when that was happening, uh, New York was launching theirs as well. But Florida was the first in Florida. Orlando was the first in Florida. And we were coming very quickly behind uh, the New York agency. So I got to start. You know, I always tell ladies when they ask me this question, I said, "Don't, don't shy away from your past. Right? If, if what you've done was important for you to make those decisions, I love being a stay-at-home mom, and now given the opportunity, I was able to get back into the workforce. I love that, and I was given that opportunity, and I spoke proud of what I did. So I started in Orlando, and from that I got a call from uh, someone at Lockheed Martin. People didn't realize Lockheed Martin was doing electronic tolling at the time. Uh, it used to be Lockheed Martin IMF. I worked for the division of IMF. And I was hired to start looking at implementations of electronic toll collection systems in the United States. And so I lived for about five years at an airport. Every Monday I'd get on a plane and fly to my destination, and every Friday I would come home. And so I've actually implemented about 23 electronic tolling systems in the United States. States, starting from Orlando, going up to New York, helping with that implementation, coming down south to uh, South Carolina, Hilton Head, Palmetto Path, going across the country to uh, California with Fast Track in California, Southern and Northern California, and then I've had the opportunity to travel across the borders or at least up north to Canada and actually implement uh, the Canada solution. So I've been in tolling over twenty five, twenty seven years now, doing nothing but implementation of toll systems and then looking at how we fine tune and and upgrade the operations
1: components
2: of tolling.
1: Nice. And I have to tell you the first thing that comes to mind that that I totally relate to is that travel because when I was traveling for GTE Data Services, um, I was home maybe two weeks out of the month, but that was a good life. I I totally enjoyed that. Never had to take a vacation because I was always on vacation as as far as I felt. Um, So what's your biggest accomplishment?
2: So, you know, some would say I had the opportunity to work for uh, Governor Perdue. I actually ran a state agency in Georgia for three years, and we financed all the infrastructure in Georgia. But I would say it was my time when I served on the TRB Board, Transportation Research Board. Transportation Research Board is the entity that was put in place that guides the federal policies. And I would say that was my biggest accomplishment, because while on that board, we were able to look at what roads and infrastructure technology all the things that was affecting not just transportation, but even going down even farther to say, how does it affect our people, right? Because Rose, if you recall, they say if you build it, they will come. Well, they used to build them in, you know, our neighborhoods. They could go right between the African-American neighborhoods and separate our neighborhoods, and that was a policy. And so being on TRB board, we were able to look at things of that nature and say, That's not a good policy. Separating families, communities is not a good policy. And so I would say to anyone out there, being a part of a policy, decision making, it's for me more important than actually executing because I'm now making decisions that will allow those to execute good decisions going forward.
1: All right. Well, you've caught the attention of our um, Master Builder, our founder, Ms. Ann McNeil. She wants to ask or join the conversation. So I'm going to allow her to do that if you um, don't mind. Good
3: morning, Ms. Ann. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the highlight of my day. Good morning, Rosa Fauci. How are you? <laughs> good morning, Anne. So good to hear from you. Uh, It has been a pleasure listening to you so far, and I want to just say to all of our listeners, now everybody understands why Rosa Roundtree was chosen as our woman to spotlight during our national annual meeting, which is being held in Jacksonville, Florida, right now from Wednesday to Thursday, and to Wednesday to Friday, and then on Friday, she will be spotlighted during our billion dollar luncheon. Rosa, you make us proud, and I just want you know I just want to just come on and say that i'm going to go back on mute and continue to listen to the rest of your story and We are just so honored that you had uh you know uh the 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 fourth thought right, the drive, the desire to be our voice in the transportation space. And a lot of people may not understand the power of the TRB and the impact of what you're doing. We'll talk about that later on another show and the power of tolling and what you've done in that industry. So I'm going to hop off, but I would also like for you to share um, anything that you'd like for us to know about the power of the future of tolling, the tolling industry. Thank you. Thank you, Ursula and Jackie. And I'll go back on mute. Thanks. And and thank you.
1: Now. Here's something very interesting that I heard. I heard a lot of respect, both of you all, for each other. Now, that's pretty cool. So it begs the question, um, Ms. Roundtree, how did you become associated with either Miss Ann McNeil or Nabwick?
2: Well, I-, I can tell you that Anne and I have seen each other going through the transportation industry because of Pink Florida. And Anne is always there, and so I'm always there, and we pass each other, "Hello, how are you?" and go through that process. We had a mutual friend uh, who used to be the executive director of the Photos Turnpike, who said, "The two of you, you're so powerful in what you're doing, you should meet. you should talk, have a conversation." And so that started our, our conversation because we see each other, and we're all so busy, and we're just running, trying to make decisions and network and do the things we do to boost our business. I mean, that's, that's what we do, uh, and looking for those opportunities. And so it was at Team Florida. Team Florida is another transportation association that brings all of those members in transportation together to have a meeting, and they meet quarterly as well. So we met there, and we just started talking. Uh, And recently, we've had more in-depth conversations about what we can do to help our people in transportation. There's so many opportunities. Uh, You know, through COVID, there were a lot of jobs. People were being laid off. But the transportation industry kept moving. I can tell you, Ursula, I worked on seven proposals last year. I normally work on four. And I worked on seven proposals to deliver to various entities in the United States, Seven. And I turned down a few others I didn't work on. So that tells me transportation is alive. there are opportunities in transportation. There's so much our people can do, and you don't always have to be an engineer. My background's accounting, and I'm running an agency uh, for an engineer firm. So you know, you don't people look at transportation and they start to think, "Well, I really want to do marketing. Go for it. But transportation needs marketing people, too. We need to be able to communicate to the public to let them know what we are doing. So there's so many avenues to pursue in transportation. And I don't want to limit anyone who's listening who thinks there's not an opportunity for me in transportation. Absolutely it is. And so Ann and I, she's in, in construction, and I've been in tolling, like I said, for nearly 30 years now. And so with that in mind, you think, well, do the two meet? Absolutely, they meet because we
1: start to build roadways and we need construction to do it. Wow. Now, she asked, and I think you've actually asked, answered most of it or at least some of it. She was asking about the future in toll, the toll industry. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to that? Well,
2: so let's think about it. You know, I'm so pleased that our new president, President Biden, has appointed Transportation Secretary uh, Pete Buttigieg, because for the last four years we didn't see a lot happening with policy coming out of the federal government, and we need that. Um, our funding is short. You know, people don't think about it. We drive, we see potholes, we complain, but no one thinks about it. You have to maintain those roadways. And we have to build more infrastructure. We're not, getting a, we're not becoming a small community. We're becoming a large community. And people travel. They love to travel. So how do we pay for it? We assume we pay for it with gas taxes. Well, you know, if you look at it, the federal gas tax hasn't changed since President Clinton was in office. Well, a loaf of bread has gone up since President Clinton was in office. So then how are we funding all of these transportation projects we need? Well, there's, there's many ways to talk about that. But one of the ways, and one of the tools we have in the toolbox, is, is toll roads. We like, I like to call them user fees, right? It's not a, not necessarily a tax. You use it, you pay for it. If you don't use it, you don't pay for it. The important piece around tolling for me is it needs to be so that it, it offers a reasonable solution, right? So that I'm not putting a toll road in a community where the only way to get out of that community is that toll road. There must be alternatives so that our people, our customers, our community, our neighbors will actually have choices and not be mandated to take a toll road uh, if they don't want to. So it's all about choices. But tolling for us is a funding tool. It is a funding tool. And when people say, okay, we'll pay for the tolls, and when the tolls are paid for, it should go away. Well, you still have to maintain it. You still have to maintain that road. It's like a house. You buy a house, you pay for it. You still have to maintain that house. So we still have to maintain that infrastructure. And if done correctly, the proceeds from that toll road can build more infrastructure in our neighborhood that doesn't need to be tolling. And we did that in Georgia. We took the, the proceeds off a of toll road, and we start looking at building pedestrian walkways, You know, looking at building uh, funding pieces that we could put in for parks. So there's things you can do and tolling because it's a funding mechanism that can fund other transportation projects. And so there's so much to do, so much talking I could talk about tolling, Uh, but it's needed. It's a necessity, Uh, but it's not always the first thing we go to, but it's definitely a part of the the funding or the conversation that I'm really hoping our new secretary look into because it will, for me, it will connect communities and it will give our people more opportunities.
1: You know, um, I know this is a function of what you do, but I think it needs to be added to your title. You are the ambassador of toll roads because, quite frankly, in that short period of time, you helped me have a great respect for the whole industry, and now I don't feel so bad about the tolls that I have to pay, (laughs) you know? (laughs) It's, It's wonderful. Thank you very much for that. So I imagine that you have goals and objectives that you and your company hope to achieve. Could you tell us about some of those?
2: Absolutely. So every year, you know, like most companies, we sit down and look at our strategic plan for what it needs to be for the not only the next year but the five years up and coming. And so part of what we do, this office, is a business development office as well as we support implementations and the operations once it's in place. So like many companies, the first thing on your list is win projects, right? Win the projects. But even more importantly, Ursula, we need to win projects and put good people in charge of those projects. Um, projects aren't – they don't go bad because of the company. They go bad because of the people you hire. People don't, don't lead jobs because of the company. People lead jobs because of the management, right? So we want to win projects, and our goal this year is to, to, to win two projects, Uh, across the United States for tolling, to implement tolling projects, Uh, and in that to be able to hire people and the right management people so that we can hire people. You know, one of the things that I'm pretty fortunate, I work for a company that truly believes that people are first. And so with everything going on, especially with COVID, and and even prior to that, um, people didn't have good benefits, and they still don't. And I'm so pleased that we still have, you know, the Affordable Care Act. But but there are people who don't have them, don't have medical today. Unfortunately, Aegis is able to offer ninety percent of all our benefits to our employees. So they pay, you know, give or take about forty dollars a month for their medical plan. Well, for me, if I'm hiring, you know, fifteen hundred people, that's fifteen hundred people that I'm offering benefits. That's fifteen hundred people that don't have to worry about those things like if I get sick, what's going to happen. So. I always say that people, it's not necessarily the reason why people leave a job, especially our young people. They're not looking at the benefits portion of it. But, boy, when they need it, it's nice to be there. So our goals are to not just win the project, but hire the people and offer them opportunities to grow. It gives me a chance to mentor others as they're coming into our business, and hopefully some of my passion rolls off on them so they're able to inspire others.
1: Now, what you just said spoke to my heart because it takes me back to a, a moment that crystallized what I thought I was as a manager. I, one of the people that was in my department, in a department meeting, said, and I don't even know if she meant that it was a positive thing, but she simply said, Ursula, it's as if you work for us instead of we work for you. And I said, yes, that's it. My job is to open doors for you and make your job easier so you can accomplish what you need to do. And And... You know that moment was the moment that said what my management style was like, and she was so sorry she said that because I referred back that, to that so many times but it's it's what I feel and what and what you just said, I totally buy into because I think when you're when the people that are working in your department are happy, then you can get almost anything done because they're willing to do it you know if you you know, Ursula,
2: if you take care, it's like we get hired to do a task. I will do my task, but I need to know that the person who I am reporting to is taking care of me. If I have to worry uh-huh. about whether they're, looking, they're, they're doing something to hurt me, I can't focus on my job. And so the company's responsibility is to make sure we do those things, like providing benefits, making sure it's a good safe environment for the people to work in the management job is to manage the people to make sure that people have all those things they need to be successful in their jobs and if we can do all of those things boy what a wonderful opportunity for everyone to engage in
1: absolutely so what does your organization do to help encourage individuals to to go into the construction industry in general
2: So I have to be honest, Ursula, that's not one of the things that we actually focus on trying to get people to go into the construction industry. You'll hear me talk a lot about transportation, and I talk a lot about there's all facets, and so I'll talk about construction because as you're talking to people, you'll learn. They like to build things. I've had young ladies in as I go out and lecture at some of the colleges, say, you know, as a child, I would ask for Legos. I love building things. And yet they would think, well, you know, but construction, you know, I'm never going to be the foreman. I'm never going to be this. I'm just going to be a support person in the construction. It's a good business. And I always challenge them and say, why not? Why can't you be? Uh, when I started this business, I remember going to my first associated meeting, association meeting, and I was the only one that looked like me. There were other, there were two mm. other females, but, you know, they didn't look like me. And and they were all, uh, and it was a pretty large conference. And I remember asking, you know, the someone I knew, where are they? Where, where are the people that look like me? And they said, oh, you know, Rosa, they're not in a, in this industry. Or, they, you know, we can't find them. And I said, I challenge mm-hmm. that. And I've done that even with the company I work for today. I mean, I work for a French company. And so I travel overseas a lot and when i do the first time i went and they had a very large corporate meeting with everyone from around the world and the same thing happened and i went in and i said to the cfo i said where where are the people that look like me i you know i'm i'm standing in a room with you know hundreds of people all executives from around the world and there's me and this is you know the 2000s right we're we're in the 20th century. And I'm like, where, where are those people? And, and he apologized and said, Rosa, even with you, we took a chance. We don't know. And so they said, you are setting the ground for us to start looking at how we can become more inclusive. Now, I said that, and that was they hired me in 2008. It is now 2021. And it, I'm so pleased when I go and I travel, and there are people that look like me. It's so nice yeah. to see. And so, you know, we have to be brave and bold and step out, even when it's uncomfortable. Um, and so I don't necessarily promote construction, but I promote transportation because I think even most the person with the most confidence isn't sure the path they can take unless we share our stories. And so I share stories because I want people to know I started, I had a great education, but I started this business, coming out of being a housewife, a PTA president, uh, a mentor to kids in in school, elementary and junior high school. But that didn't stop me from applying for a job I saw and knew. I was qualified for. And it didn't stop the person from hiring me in that role.
1: You know, your statement has caused me to come up with one of the little taglines that that rule my life. Basically, what I heard you say is, because you started as a housewife and you own that space, then what comes to me is wh- whatever you do in life, whatever you've experienced, you learn from that experience and you take the best of it. And I'm one of those people that like to sit out and watch um, nature, birds flying in the backyard. And and one one day I actually saw robins protecting a nest. And looking at that, yeah. I said, uh-huh, that's where... Bomber pilots got their training. <laughs> they sat there and watched those okay. robins go after the threat. And because and, you saw them fly, flying in formation, you saw them going after, protecting, and chasing. It was the most amazing show in the backyard. And so if you learn from that. wherever you are and own it, as what I hear you say and agree with, um, then you can tackle whatever you decide to put your mind to, you know. So speaking of minds and great minds, and I'll wrap up with this because I know you have a busy day ahead of you. What's your favorite book and author, and what are you currently reading? I'll tell you,
2: my day is always busy, but there's one book I read every day. It's by Sarah Young, and it's called Jesus is Calling. It's my devotional Mm. First of all, if I don't read that every morning, then I don't know my path along the way. I ask for guidance. Mm-hmm. I spend most of my time gardening. So I'm a gardener, not necessarily a reader. But what I do, because I read so many books for my business, I'm studying for the PMP right now. Uh, so as I'm studying, do get some time where I'm not in a book, then I turn to my devotion. I've been reading Sarah Young for a while. Uh, she, this is probably her fourth devotional. It's an annual. Uh, that comes out, and there's a day-to-day that it teaches me. And it takes me, you know, no time to read my devotion for the morning, and then I have my my meditation, and it starts my day. And so for me, there's no excuse for me to say I don't have time to read. It's perfect for me. And then, of course, it allows me to do all the other things that I need to do for my
1: day. Wow. That um, is reminiscent of Mary McLeod Bethune as, as I studied her. Every morning she read a book called The Optimist Good Morning. It started her day. And so now I'm going to reconsider that book and the one you just mentioned. Thank you for sharing. Now, speaking of sharing, as as we close, um, is there any last things you would like to say? Um, And then we'll let you go on.
2: I would say, Ursula, first of all, thank you. And, Anne, thank you for considering me. I just, I'm just honored. I'm always honored when someone even notices my presence. Um, I'm honored, so thank you. I would just encourage anyone who's listening: uh, if someone says you can't do it, prove that you can. Uh, if you think that you, it's something you want to inquire, inquire. Um, don't let tomorrow when you look back and say, "I wish I had." Do it. The only thing that will stop you from doing it is you. Nothing else. And, of course, we're going to fail, but it's only failing because you try. Keep trying. And maybe today isn't that day. Maybe tomorrow is. So go for it because that's what I've done.
1: Wow. And thank you so very much for your words of wisdom and your um Insight into your industry and the things that you've done. And the last words are words that I think we should just play over and over and over again because they can help us um, navigate through this time and into some, some very wonderful opportunities if we keep that kind of spirit. So for all of you that are listening, thank you very much. And for members, you know this is a benefit for you. So... Get with Jada Williams and tell her you want to tell your story, and we want to hear it. So until next week, you all have a wonderful day. Take care. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to
0: NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.